Greetings from Tromaville. This is Lloyd Kaufman, president of Troma Entertainment, creator of the Toxic Avenger. You know, folks, when the Troma team and I are not making those great movies like Return to Return to Nukumai, a.k.a. Volume 2, or uh, Tromeo and Juliet, we like to kick back and, and listen to Graveyard Shift because Graveyard Shift is the most entertaining and educational and inspiring entertainment that one could possibly have anywhere on this big blue marble of ours. Thank you. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 44 of The Graveyard Shift. I'm your host Sheldon and with me as always is my co-host extraordinaire Mike. Hi. So you guys know how our episodes usually go. We watch a movie from the horror category, usually one suggested by one of you guys, break it down into the good and the bad and talk about anything relevant to it. But this week we're doing something different. We want to do a little tribute to something that really means a lot to both of us. For 44 years, there's been an independent film company supplying us horror fans with some of the best low-budget horror movies and has influenced an entire generation of filmmakers. Known for its over-the-top farce, parody, gore, and splatter, well, over-the-top for the average movie fan at least, Troma Entertainment has produced, acquired, and distributed over 1,000 independent films since its beginning and is one of the longest-lasting indie film companies ever. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, checking out the Toxic Crusader cartoon and then finding out, oh, there's movies on this, and I never did get my hands on them, though I was well aware of the Toxic Crusader. And then I finally watched all four movies in a row one day, and, uh, you know, only recently have I been able to form complete sentences again. <laughs> that's, it's funny, because that's how I found out about the uh, Toxic Avenger as well. I saw the Toxic Crusader first, and... Uh, that put me on track to uh, start searching down all these trauma movies. And, uh, yeah. So, originally we wanted to do a trauma tribute episode. Uh, we wanted to do that for quite a while, actually. It came up very early when we started doing this podcast. But we really didn't know how we should do it. We didn't want to try to cram too much into one episode because then the individual movies don't get their due respect and full coverage and Quite a few of them have been requested for us to cover, so we decided to leave them um, on the list for, you know, just normal episodes and do something else. Yep, so rather than uh, inflate one episode with what the hell is trauma, what have they done, you know, just we decided to just front load the exposition to all of our listeners so then when we talk about trauma movies, we can just hit the ground running and you're pretty much on board with what we're doing, so... We uh, we decided to watch and talk about a documentary called Apocalypse Soon, mm -hmm. and that was uh, basically like a behind the scenes look at like not just what is a trauma film, but what is a trauma studio like. What's it like when all these people get together, and is it really a labor of love for everybody? And the answer is, uh, fuck no. <laughs> well, it is a labor of love because it's not like you know, it's not like they make a ton of mo a ton of money or anything like that. But, uh, oh, yeah, the ones who are in it are in it for the love, but we see a lot of people who, uh, <laughs> they're not in it for long. No, it, uh, yeah, it's, uh, the documentary is called, uh, like Mike said, it's called Apocalypse Soon, 
It's the making of Citizen Toxie, which is is it the fourth? It's the fourth film in the uh, Toxic Avenger series, right? Yeah, although the, uh, the the first two have been discredited, I guess, by Lloyd because he calls the uh, Toxie the uh, the true sequel to the original Toxic Avenger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this was uh, oh, this was to me like the best Toxic Avenger because we get to we get introduced to uh amazing characters and it's just over the top insanity and if you think the movie is insane the making of the movie is somehow insaner yeah so yeah you want to you guys want to definitely want to check that out like i know um if you're familiar with trauma movies you know what to expect you know what they're all about uh, so definitely, if you're familiar with them, I would recommend that you watch this documentary, Apocalypse Soon. And uh, if if that, you know, you still haven't had your fill after that, watch uh, Poultry Emotion, which is a documentary about uh, the making of Poultry Geist. Poultry Geist, the head of the chicken dead. Just the name demands you watch it. Yes. So check those out because it shows the insanity and it really shows what it takes to make a trauma movie. Uh, a lot of people working on it is volu- they're volunteers. Um, it is frustrating. They go without, you know, they try to do things as quickly as possible. They go without uh, much rest. Everybody looks super stressed <laughs> during the production. <laughs> it is uh, it is pretty crazy. And... Um, if you're not familiar with trauma films, you know, I'm not going to spoil it with you. We already said that they're over the top. Check them out for yourself. You have full access to them. Trauma has a huge catalog of movies, short videos uh, for free on their website, trauma.com. Then uh, also on their YouTube channel. And to get access to all things trauma, you can uh, subscribe to Trauma Now, which is Trauma's subscription s- streaming service for only $4.99 a month. Uh, first month is free. So it's kind of like Troma's version of Netflix, except that it's uh, all the movies that Troma makes, produces, and distributes. And with a thousand movies in their catalog, you're bound to find something. Even that... if you're in, and if you're watching a movie just for the boobs, uh, God, this is this is your paradise. Yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, this is so much. This is like uh, my God. This must be like a hundred thousand. Like. I was going to say 100,000 hours, probably not this much, but it's thousands of hours of entertainment there. And for four ninety nine a month, it's hard to go wrong. And uh, so maybe we should tell them, tell everybody what's going to make this episode so special. Well, uh, I, just, I just want to end with, if you've never heard of a trauma film before and you wonder what to expect, just watch Clockwork Orange. And if you think, could they be a little bit more violent and gratuitous? <laughs> Then, then you're a trauma fan already. Yeah, you just don't know it yet. <laughs> What's the best word? If you're going to describe a trauma movie in one word, what we, what word would you use? Hmm, ultra violence. Is that one word? I guess two. Maybe you hyphenate. I guess it's. I'd say gooey. Yeah. <laughs> Splatter. That would. Well, there's one word. Splatter. Yeah. Because you see a lot of things explode in like red corn syrup. Yeah. If they're not. If they're not topless, it is. It's like all the corny schlock of the '80s that you've seen in other movies, but cranked up to eleven and concentrated. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, we have links to all those, uh, like all everything. Their website. Uh, the website to sign up for Trauma Now. The uh, link to their YouTube channel. 
This all in the show notes, so you can check them out. Please do so. Help keep trauma and all independent film alive. And uh, and send love from the graveyard shift. Exactly. Make them sure you know. Make sure that uh, they know the graveyard shift sent you. And I'm so excited about this because this happened. Like it is pretty crazy how this came about in the first place. Um, a friend of ours who we've had on the show before, it's uh, Eric from the YouTube channel Hey Internet, Eric here. He just happened to tweet to the founder of Trauma, the co-founder, I should say, President uh, Lloyd Kaufman, um, who's and he said that you know he's a fan of both Trauma and the Graveyard Shift. Would like for Lloyd to be on our show. Lloyd tweeted back and said, hey, contact, um, is it his publicist or their... Uh, yeah, it's his publicist. For, for, for lack of a better word. For yeah. lack of a better word. It's his publicist. <laughs> said, hey, contact and uh, gave the email address of his publicist and see what we can uh, see if we can make it happen. We did a while afterwards. Uh, just sent an email just wondering if it was possible to have Lloyd on the show. And I'll be damned. They responded and said, yes, <laughs> sure. Next week. We thought like it would be a month or two. Like we thought this guy was going to be busy, and you know we would have time to prepare. But we didn't. We barely had time to put up a uh, a message for our fans to uh, send in their questions because you're just like, how about next week? Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, we're not going to say no. So we, uh, you guys, if you follow us on social media, you saw that we posted uh, some things saying, you know, if you had some questions for Lloyd about trauma, or just even himself, or you know whatever the case is to send them in and a lot of you did thank you very much for that we compiled the questions a lot of them were repeats a week and some are kind of related so we just kind of compiled them into uh into broader questions and um now lloyd was great originally we were scheduled he had done already done two interviews before he got to us that day and originally had only scheduled us in for half an hour. So we were kind of like, we're probably going to have to cut down our questions a bit because we're not going to have time to ask all of them in half an hour. And um, we soon learned that wasn't an issue. It wasn't an issue. Apparently he liked us because we ended up staying on for uh, going through for the better part of two hours. Yeah, like we thought, oh, 20 minutes, and then like it was 20 minutes later, and we we only got to our second question. Yes. Cause... But he was showing no sign of stopping, so we were just grateful as can be, and it was, it, it, it was, he was like a, a verbal in a china shop. Yeah. Like, he, uh... you, you could never pin down, even if you think like, oh, we see eye to eye on this one thing. So I'm just gonna like add something to it because like we're all seeing on the same we're all on the same page, and then he just turns viciously on me, Sheldon, <laughs> and it's hilarious. Yeah, it's an interview with Lloyd. You're gonna see that uh, he is uh, he does like he he does like his in depth answers. He is very passionate about what he does. You're gonna see that he's very vocal. He's very honest. I loved it. He didn't pull any punches. Take what he says with a grain of salt. Lloyd was being Lloyd. And that's exactly what we yeah. were hoping for. Wasn't to be taken too seriously. Like, even if he disagreed with us, like, he came back and he's just like, oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, he, turned, he used to pretend to be, like, pissed off with us. And maybe he was. I, like, it doesn't matter. He Either way, <laughs> but he like, re- afterwards, he say, I'm just kidding nicely. with you guys and giving you guys a hard he, time. He recovered nicely. He's giving us a hard time because <laughs> he's, you know, he uh, had some screenings uh, <laughs> in both uh, Toronto and uh, Ottawa, which is our cities, and neither one of us went to them. Yes. <laughs> And I knew about them too. It was the thing. Is like I knew about the one in Toronto at least, and it's like I just couldn't do it. I was working. I mean, like I just can't. Uh, you know, 
And that shit didn't fly with Yeah, Lord. he didn't like that answer at all. <laughs> but he was nice about it. I told him as next time he's he that he is in uh, in town, I'll make sure to come out and see him. And uh, he was grateful to that. He even gave us an invite to uh, Troma Studios before we were in New York. So we can go t- have take the tour. So we might have to make that happen sometime. If we take the graveyard shift on the road, we may like we may have to even come up with a YouTube channel. Or now we'll just load it up on the Facebook. Yeah. If we uh, get to hang out with Lloyd, we're definitely going to uh, take that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do we want? Do we do any uh, little highlights of the documentary uh, no, before I think the interview? It's fine. I think it'd be nicer. I think just let everyone listen to it. It'll be uh, everyone will see what's all, what it's all about. I got my highlight. It's uh, when no, I meant the highlight of the documentary. Ah, you know what? Let people watch it for themselves. I like you know. Okay. People want to hear our interview with Lloyd. <laughs> you know they can. The, the uh, documentary, like I said, you can check it out on their website. It's on Troma now. If you're a subscriber, if, at the very least, if you can't afford to, uh, you know, get a subscription to Troma now, go onto YouTube and subscribe to their channel, and you can check out like all their older stuff there. Um, they've got a nice yeah. back catalog there. I mean, it, it is. You can check. Freaking you, fantastic. You can check out such a class act to make everything yeah. available to everybody for free yeah and you can see gun expert rick washburn not doing it not be an expert <laughs> and uh talk about how he makes the big bucks as they're canceling his check his uh his gun didn't want to cooperate <laughs> that's all um <laughs> i swear this never happened before <laughs> so guys yeah check it out and uh, like i said uh help support trauma your help support independent film subscribe to uh you can take the five dollars a month subscribe to trauma now like yeah. really help them out. you owe this you owe this guy trey parker matt stone they got cannibal released and that gave them funding for south park because of lloyd mm-hmm. james gunn got his start because of lloyd eli roth got his start with lloyd so all those experts that uh that you enjoy and deadpool those guys, like, they thank oh. Troma Studios for their influence and their assistance throughout the years. Yep. So, you know, if you've enjoyed good movies over the last 15 years or gross-out humor, those guys had their hands held or guided by Lloyd. Mm-hmm. So you owe the guys. So check out the movies at least before, you know, it's clear that you should give this guy some money. That's right. You owe him. Absolutely. Yeah, help him out. We At the very him. least, if you can't, like I said, if you can't, we understand, like, not everyone can afford uh, to help out money-wise. But uh, at the very least, if you can't subscribe to Troma now, then go on to their YouTube channel and subscribe share. there and share the shit out of it. Make sure everybody's aware of everything Troma. Now, for you guys that have requested uh, that we cover a Troma movie as a regular episode, don't worry. Those are coming. We just do our movie requests in the order that we get them. So it trust us, if you sent us a movie request, for it is on the list, and we will get to it. Promise. And uh, to, to summarize the, uh, the documentary, it begins with the opening line, by and large, the people that work here are idiots, <laughs> but you can't complain about it because you're just complaining to those same idiots. We have the same, we have a similar motto here at the uh, Graveyard Shift. It's like, it's run by <laughs> Except, idiots, but I, you know, we can't complain to, about it because we'll just be complaining to each other and we're both idiots, so <laughs> it doesn't help. And also you get to see a woman beat another woman senseless with her boobs. So, you know, what more do you want? Just, you know, listen to this and then go watch that documentary. It's great. Yeah. So here it is, guys. This is our uh, 
our trauma tribute episode. I know we didn't mention, we, we gave you some information what trauma is. We talked lightly about documentary, but trust me, everything you want to know is going to be in this interview. So without further ado, here's Lloyd Kaufman right here on the Graveyard Shift. Horror with Sheldon and Mike. Hello, Horrorheads. Sheldon here, and with me as always, of course, is Mike. Hey. And we are honored to have joining us tonight, director, producer, screenwriter, actor, author, did I miss anything? And most importantly to us horror fans, co-founder of Troma Entertainment, Lloyd Kaufman. Welcome to the Graveyard Shift. And uh, foot fetishist. God damn it, I, that's the most important. I'm one of the finest foot fetishists on the face of the earth. Damn it, I knew I missed something. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But thank you, thank you. And Graveyard Shift, uh, grave, you know, at Troma... The trauma team loves Graveyard Shift because you review movies and you tell the truth. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. We, we try. And uh, the foot fetish thing, we'll put that in post. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Good. Good. So, Lloyd, Thank you. We've got some questions. Some of these questions, of course, are our own, but a lot of them came from our listeners. Uh, we've, you know, we put it on Facebook and Twitter a little while ago that you were going to be doing the show and we said if anyone has any questions let us know and we compiled the list and uh, so yeah so i guess the best you said you, this... you you compiled a fetishist what a fetish? <laughs> we compiled foot, a list. Fet, foot fetishist <laughs> that's got a lot of soul <laughs> and i i know i don't want to be a heel about foot fetishism but uh, uh Okay, fire away. What's, uh, what's the first question? Okay, so I guess the best way to do this is go right to the beginning. And the first question we had was, uh, how did the entity that is trauma get started? How did the entity that is trauma get started? Uh, Michael Hers and I uh, needed to start a company to distribute Squeeze Play. We had made uh, several movies prior to that and uh, had either been uh, screwed by uh, incompetence, crookedness, or, uh, or, the, or the combination thereof. So um, we, were, we needed to come up with a company. Uh, we had to learn how to distribute. And back in 1974, when we started Troma, you know, we didn't have VHS. We didn't have, all we had were movie theaters. So um, we had to learn the distribution business, and uh, and we did. Uh, that was why we started Troma. The, the, Michael Hers uh, tried to uh, incorporate quickly so that we could uh, get to work, and we figured we'd be out of business in six months. So um, the the Troma, he just figured the New York State is an old state, and every name has been taken. Every name, the uh, Sheldon Mike uh, company is probably already taken. Uh, as an as a incorporation, so uh, he tried to think of the worst sounding name he could, and Troma Entertainment. <coughs> Actually, Michael Hers originally called it Troma, comma Inc. I N C. So we could have been selling uh, shoes, we could have been selling uh, meat, anything. But uh, later on, after twenty years, we decided, why don't we let the public know what this is all about? And we changed the corporate name to Troma Entertainment, comma Inc. And people were still confused. They thought we were selling something with which you dip into which you dip your pen. But, uh, but uh, anyway, fuck that. No, no, no. That, that's the theater down the street. <laughs> that's a good one. So then uh, we, uh, that's how Troma began, basically. Uh, we wanted to make uh, our own damn movies. 
We wanted to distribute our own damn movies, and we wanted to own our own damn movies and try to uh, create a micro-brand. Uh, uh, I speak French, being very bourgeois, and uh, I was uh, steeped in the philosophy of the uh, Cinémathèque Française, which uh, is the magazine of the Cinémathèque Française, the uh, Cahier de Cinéma. And uh, in that Cahier de Cinéma, in that magazine, which the Yale Film Society had a huge stack, and they were in French, and I was probably the only one in the uh, college who could read, uh, much less read French. So uh, I started reading that shit, and it turns out uh, the, the articles were written by uh, uh, Godard and Chabrol and uh, these uh, film noir and uh, directors of Nouvelle Vague directors who were transitioning from journalism to movie making. And they came up with the auteur, the, the uh, director must be the author uh, of the movie. The, he, must, he or she or it should be in total control. And nobody, especially white people in suits, should not, uh, white men in suits, should not be telling the director what to do. It should not be a committee. There should not be 15 producers on the movie. It should be all about the director. So I bought into that. Mr. Hers bought into the idea that if we had a library, if we could keep making movies and acquiring and buying movies, we could create a brand and we could own them and we could benefit from the ownership of the negatives. Charlie Chaplin died uh, rich, even though he was he was kicked out of this uh, country of ours. He was accused of being a pedophile, which was not correct. He was uh, acquitted of that. Uh, he was totally crucified. Yet he died a rich man because he owned his masterpieces. Mm -hmm. Buster Keaton, as you know, died a drunken uh, pauper because he uh, was ruined by MGM. They destroyed him. Right. They would have destroyed his negatives if it hadn't been for a pirate, a film pirate, who uh, collected and, uh, and uh, had beautiful uh, preserved uh, original print material of Buster Keaton's masterpieces and uh, took Buster Keaton on a tour of Europe in the 60s, and suddenly Buster Keaton became a succès fou. And uh, otherwise, there'd be no Buster Keaton. So that's, that's why in my book, Distribute Your Own Damn Movies, which I think I wrote about eight years ago, maybe longer, uh, I, pro I propose that file sharing is a good thing, that sharing art is a good thing, and that uh, the people who uh, collect movies... Uh, should be complimented and not uh, sued. And I, we're, we're sort of, uh, that's kind of come true now, right? Uh, uh, you, uh, the uh, Napster was a little ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're absolutely right. We benefit from piracy all the time because we can't afford to buy the movies we review. <laughs> hey, to thank our fans, we've put over three or 400 movies up on YouTube for free. Troma Movies channel on YouTube. Oh, Troma yeah. Movies. Every week uh, we put up something new. Oh, it's getting amazing. And the idea is, <laughs> and the idea is to get all of our, everything we did up, up through the first 40 years, put it all up on YouTube. Every week we put up something additional. And if you subscribe to Troma Movies on YouTube, you get a nice email once a week telling you what additional content is, as they call it, content. I call it art is going up on Troma Movies on YouTube. It's all free. You don't have to pay anything. It's all free. Yeah. And there's lots lots of wonderful buried treasure, movies that you've never heard of that we have, have acquired or bought uh, that uh, 
we have we don't have the money to put out on Blu-ray. Yeah, we've been uh, me and Mike and I have been binging on that YouTube channel for the past couple of days. <laughs> Great. Sure. Well, let, let let your fans know that. Oh, absolutely. Right? Let them know They're that. Going to. Put that on. Yeah, let them know so they can uh, see. The, there's all of our classics are there. Poultry Guys, Night of the Chicken Dead is there. Uh, our documentaries about the making. Yeah, and the documentaries behind the scenes, feature-length mm. documentaries. There were, plus a lot of my make your own damn movie lessons how to squash a head how we how we make blood how we raise money how we do the music it's all there the whole 40 years of trauma the 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 four years since is uh we those are world premiere movies and those go on our streaming service trauma now and your trauma fans if they want us to be around for another six months they ought to subscribe to trauma now otherwise i'm gonna fucking hang it up <laughs> those fucking fans better be subscribing to trauma now oh i'm in if it keeps going for another six months, I'm in. <laughs> we'll make sure that uh, people are aware of that. Well, you know what I mean. That's it. That's all we got. All we got to, to, to derive any revenue is Troma Now. And, uh, you know, Netflix fucks us. Amazon fucks us. You know, they use us. They use us to subsidize the uh, big movies and the movies they're making, which some of which are great. But uh, they, they use the independents. They give us no money. So we there's no purpose in even talking to them. Mm-hmm. So you guys, uh, you fans need to support Troma Now. The first month is free. It's all world premiere movies. Uh, by um, It's not all world premiere, sorry. Uh, it's two or three world premiere movies a month. And then you get uh, some uh, dozen curated films uh, from our, uh, usually according to a certain theme. And uh, I curate them from our, uh, cla- you know, from our uh, library. Excellent. You know, like at... At Thanksgiving, oh, I think we showed, uh, we had a premiere that was uh, appropriate for Thanksgiving, and then we had movies that pertain to Thanksgiving in some way, like Poultry Guys was probably in there. But the premiere movies, uh, the world premieres, those are by new, young, talented directors like Brendan Basham, who made The Slashening, and uh, then he gave us, uh, we distributed uh, Fear Town USA, and, uh, and he's uh, writing, he's the one who's writing uh, my next movie. Excellent. So you mentioned now you've been doing this for you know, forty-five years. How's making a film changed over time from then until now? Like, what's what's changed in the process? I've been. Do- this is my fiftieth year. Fiftieth. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't know that wow. because uh, none of the uh, film community, other than uh, f- you know fans like you, have uh, given me any kind of recognition. So, um, you know, it's, it's much more important that uh, Suicide Girls gets a lot of publicity <laughs> or uh, some shitty uh, <laughs> zombie movie that we made 30 years ago. Some $200 million version of that gets a lot of New York Times attention. Not, uh, not Troma or me, who's been in New York for 50 years making movies. Fuck that, right? There's no, they have no interest in that. <laughs> Uh, those goth those goth girls fell out a better corset than Toxie does. There are so many filmmakers in New York who've been here for fifty years, who've hired people who would otherwise be on welfare, who own a building, who pay taxes, who pay real estate taxes, who've made at least fifty movies in New York. Right, they're, they're, New York has thousands of those kind of filmmakers who who've been doing it for fifty years, who Deadpool, like not who who whose movies like Toxic Avenger have have clearly influenced Deadpool who have produced uh, James Gunn and the Trey Parker and Matt Stone and Oliver Stone and 
Vincent D'Onofrio and who's uh, 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 Fergie and uh, f first films of Fergie and uh, Paul Walker. I can go on forever. But that, you know, there's there's so many people who are there's so many independent movie makers uh, like me in New York that why why would the New York Times want to even devote one? Why would Variety, right, the uh, or Hollywood Reporter? Why would they even want to put one word about Troma or me in their in their pages? There's just too many of us. You know, I can understand it. Makes sense. Let's talk about Michael Bay or uh, or how about Barbara Streisand? Let's put an article about cloning her dogs for fifty thousand dollars while half while half the world is starving. At least they didn't clone. At least she didn't clone herself, right? Or or Variety. At least Variety didn't clone itself. It's a bullshit. If there's, there's never been a more advertiser-influenced uh, publication than Variety and Hollywood Reporter, is, in my opinion. They, they did clone themselves. They just became BuzzFeed. <laughs> true, true. Uh, before we continue, I just want to say, like, you were talking about piracy being good. And as horror fans, we've benefited from piracy a hundred years ago with Nosferatu. Like, that movie was supposed—it was ordered— that all copies be eliminated because it infringed on the Bram Stoker's estate. Hey, hey, there'd be no United States without pirates, right? Uh, Jean Lafitte uh, uh, was one of the main, not, uh, and, not you know, Jean Lafitte, uh, not Lafayette, but Jean Lafitte was a pirate who helped create this country. So don't, you know, pirates can be very helpful. You don't want to go into the, uh, you probably don't want to go on a vacation in Somalia with those pirates, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm being a little they, facetious, they, but from my point of view, if people want to share, if some some 14-year-old kid uh, blogging in his basement wants to share a copy of uh, his copy of Return to Return to Nukemai, a.k.a. Volume 2, with uh, 10 of his friends, God bless him. No problem. Absolutely. But, and, you know, what I don't yeah. like is for the genocidal, corrupt Chinese and Russian oligarchs who own... The comp who own the factories that make the Blu-rays and who own the streaming services in their hateful countries, I don't like it when they make money off of Troma's movies <clears throat> and we don't get one cent. I don't like that, no. And I don't like the fact that the elites in Africa are, are, are not giving any of the illegal uh, money they're making to the poor people in Africa. That's very bad. I, you know, I wouldn't mind the... I wouldn't mind if our if our movies were stolen, if if maybe half the money were going to the poor people in these genocidal, corrupt, and elitist countries, right? These these uh, dictatorships like the Middle East and uh, China and Russia and Africa. I wouldn't mind it if the poor people were getting some of the money, but it's all going into the hands of the military elite or the uh, uh, crooked oligarchs. Please tell me that you've discovered that there's like that there's like tribal warlords dressed up like Toxic Avenger and Troma's War and Sergeant Kabuki Man. Please tell me that there's like an African subculture dedicated to your films. I know nothing about it. <laughs> I just know that our films are all over the place. I have next to my desk a theatrical poster for Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead. Uh, uh, it, it looks like it's the Liberty Theater. Uh, daily three shows a day, two, five, and eight, nonstop horror and glamour, poultry guys, English and in color. It's a theatrical fucking poster. It's beautiful. I I framed it. I have it. I'm, I've never gotten a penny from India, right? 
However, we did, uh, well, I don't want to say anything, but there is a, a kind of a surprise. We did a fromage to, uh, to um, Danny Boyle's uh, movie that took place in India at the, in uh, Return to Return to Nukamai, a.k.a. Volume 2. There's a kind of a nice surprise, uh, a nice tribute, fromage, to uh, what was the uh, something, uh, the one about the quiz show. Uh, oh, yeah. Slumdog yeah. Millionaire? What was it? Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, that's an India thing. Cool. So this, a lot of people will ask this question, Lloyd. How has making film changed from when you first started, you know, making film 50 years ago up till now? How has the process changed? Well, you would have to be a total retard if you didn't know how it's changed. <laughs> uh, and the fact that you guys are talking with me would probably mean I am correct, that you probably are retarded. But obviously the, the digital world has revolutionized the world of cinema. It's democratized the world of cinema. Cinema heretofore, uh, the making of cinema was heretofore uh, confined to either people who gave great blowjobs People who were amazingly talented, uh, like Chaplin and Ford and Keaton and Lenny Riefenstahl and Jean Renoir and Stan Brakhage, or uh, people who had a lot of money. Now, everybody can make his, her, or its own damn movie. Everybody. It doesn't cost anything. You can have a meaningful life. You can be a school teacher and, and, and be important in that way. You could be a social worker. You could uh, be a, 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 a aid worker in uh, in Africa. You could have AIDS. You can. You don't need money to make a movie anymore, right? That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. the, 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 so that's a good change. The bad change is that the industry, the world of art, not just the media, but the world of art, has has been uh, relegated to fewer and fewer and fewer hands. The laws that used to protect the public against monopoly have been done away with. And right now, your fucking uh, clown car of a presidential administration is getting rid of net neutrality, which means that they're going to try to put in a superhighway where, where you'll have fast connections. But you will have to pay to put graveyard shift on that particular uh, superhighway. And the rest of the people, uh, who the Rupert Murdochs of the world, will have the... Uh, Superhighway. George Clooney will have the superhighway, but you won't. You graveyard people and Troma will be on this rocky dirt road that'll take a long time to buffer. And thanks to the uh, the current FCC, uh, they the AT and T and the other uh, internet service providers like Comcast and Spectrum and Sputum and whoever else there is there in the in that oligopoly. They will have the right to throttle uh, the uh, opposing the uh, competition. They'll have the right to throttle you and me, but to speed up their own uh, uh, content. So it's a very bad situation right now. The 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 uh, the, uh, the the world of media is in fewer and fewer hands. So that's well, the bad part. Well, the good part mm -hmm. about that whole thing is that we're Canadians, so. Only our American fans will have to pay for that super highway, but we'll be fine. Uh, we're, we're up in sensibility land. For now. Well, you're very rich comedians. Yes, comedians make a lot of money. I know that. Uh, Canadian. Not oh, Canadians. Oh, yeah, you'll be fucked. You're, gonna, you're already fucked. You've got a, uh, you've got a uh, government that hands out money to make movies to uh, uh, the uh, very few people. you got to be in the club. You said it. 
That's why we're in the movie review business. <laughs> it's like the Toronto Film Festival. They didn't get Poultry Geist, right? They didn't get, uh, they don't get trauma. They don't get it. Those right? dicks. They, they get other horror films that, that have absolutely no social statement, that have absolutely no political views, that will not change the world. They get those, but they don't get trauma because we're changing the world. That is true of every major film festival. Can Tribeca, well, Tribeca is not even a major festival. It's a shit festival. But the point is, the, 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 the uh, elites, including in France, you talk, I spoke to Alain Tavernier. You know who he is? He's older than I am. He's a, a major, major, major French auteur filmmaker who is a friend. And he's in one of my books. I think he's in the direct, the book about distribution. He says that even he uh, has trouble with the uh, the elite, uh, the little coterie of uh, little bureaucrats who dole out the French government money to the French filmmakers. And I'm sure it's the same in your country. In fact, I interviewed, uh, what's his name? Uh, he, he's got a name like a beer, Cronenberg. Uh, I interviewed him, the greatest, one of the greatest directors in my lifetime, and he says he he still has problems breaking through the uh, the elites. Oh yeah, I have no doubt. So that's the problem with the world of film. It's uh, it's it's changed in that the uh, industry has become very consolidated, and the rules, at least in my country, which have uh, prevented the monopoly, have been done away with. And as your own uh, prime minister has recently stated, Canada kind of does uh, what the U.S. does. He said it. I didn't mm -hmm. say it. Trudeau said it. No, you're right. It's uh, like we said, like we're not affected. We're not affected by the net neutrality yet. But, you know, it'll just be it'll just follow suit. Like whatever happens in the U.S. will happen here. Uh, I'm fearful that that is the case. The only hope is that uh, our population, our citizens get so riled up that they tell the congressmen, they tell their uh, white uh, men who uh, have been elected to represent them in Congress to, uh, to uh, save net neutrality or they're going to be kicked out, one or the other. So, uh, you know, those kids are rising up. Hopefully, like when, like that they'll also talk about those things as well. Like young people definitely do need to take the reins from the old guard and just get rid of the greed of the baby boomers that, like grew up like oh socialism is communism like no looking out for your fellow people is you know human like it's how society it's how civilizations grew yeah that's a great point you're 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 right about that it's pretty inspiring that these little kids in uh, all over the United States uh, apparently today they all uh, what did they, they all uh, they put the poured ice water on themselves for uh, to support uh, <laughs> support baseball baseball or something what did they do that? Oh no! The they gun, walked the gun out of school for to so, uh, to uh, combat gun control and the NRA influence. Hey, if if I was in eighth grade, I would have walked out of school uh, for uh, to preserve monarch butterflies. I would have uh, <laughs> I would have done it for the Platypus Appreciation Society. You know, <laughs> I would have walked out just to protest algebra. Yeah, <laughs> no. Who it, the fuck needs this? It's very no. Honestly, it's it's very inspiring that the, these uh, basically pubescent the kids are. Uh, are, are taking matters into their own hands, and good for them. They have better morals than than the adults in charge do. I, I agree with you. And if I wasn't so, uh, uh, how, how do you say it, so depressed and cynical, I would uh, <laughs> probably give them a little more credit than just wanting to get out of class. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with them, too. But we're here to talk about movies, and uh, I guess... 
I'm just curious, what what was the thought process involved in coming up with something like the Toxic Avenger? Like, you've been making movies for about 10 years at this point. What gave you the impetus to go with a, a pollution-based hero? This is my 50th year, so actually I was more than 10 years. But uh, all our movies have pretty much, all the movies I've written and directed or had uh, uh, the honor of being involved in such have all uh, come out of uh, current events or political situations or sociological Poultry Guy's Night of the Chicken Dead uh, uh, was inspired by the evil McDonald's who moved uh, McDonald's fast food that uh, uh, are on, uh, you know, that moved in next door to the trauma building and behaved like pigs. And we had rats the size of raccoons. Uh, so that's what led to Poultry Guy's. The hate, they, uh, I started learning about fast food and uh, what a disgrace fast food is. It's a, it's a fucking obscenity. It's worse than cigarettes, in my opinion. And look at the American, 40% mm -hmm. of us are, are fat pigs, right? With, and uh, diabetes and uh, all that kind of stuff. Terrible, terrible. It's not their fault. It's the fault of being uh, uh, brainwashed uh, by McDonald's and the big pharmaceuticals that uh, advertise on TV to the little children, normalizing the purple film. For, oh, diabetes, <laughs> it's normal. You got diabetes, here's some pills for you. You ain't nothing about, nothing about, hey, maybe you ought to eat some decent food or get out there and walk instead of getting on your uh, your uh, scooter, you know, your electronic, your battery-powered scooter. <laughs> your rascal. Yeah, your rascal. Yeah, that's it. Right. Well, it's affordability and accessibility that's the problem. Like, with minimum wage being held down by, like, the destruction of the unions, thanks to, well, I don't want to say Ronald Reagan, but pretty much Ronald Reagan, people don't get good wages. The unions aren't so great either. They might in your country, but... We have union. Hey, every movie that I've written and produced, every one of them that Michael Hers and I have made, and he deserves, I shouldn't say I have written and produced, because Michael Hers is a major part of this, and, and, and more important than I am, in my opinion, and more talented, and should be directing movies instead of me, but he, he refuses. Uh, every one we've done, there is a basic situation. There is the town of Tromaville. Uh, the little people of Tromaville are perfectly able to conduct their lives. They don't need limousine liberals, phonies like Al Gore or Trudeau or Hillary Clinton to uh, tell them what to do. They, uh, although Trudeau is trying to legalize pot, that's good. Uh, they, they, the problem is that the little people of Tromaville are victimized by a conspiracy of elites, the labor elite, the labor leaders, at least in my country, they make millions of dollars, and then they become uh, 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 secretary of labor or secretary of the environment. You know, yeah, the well, capitalist unions are uh, different from like social unions. Well, what are social unions? Well, I guess less corrupt or more. Well, what is a so? What's a social union? What is that? Uh, well, like, well, doesn't uh, like uh, Denmark and Norway, Sweden, they operate on like a socialist democratic platform which has a uh, you know paid maternity leave for people uh, a fair tax rate uh, uh, no they they have very high taxes but you get a decent education and you get very good health care and you're treated like a human being as opposed yeah. to the uh, United, your money is invested in you you're you're the united states of america you are a third rate country you're the uh, citizens are ignorant the schools suck which uh, Hey, if somebody, if, if nobody who reads Huckleberry Finn, unless they really are Hitler, are going to go shoot up a high school or a nursery school. This, these are people with no inner resources, no education, 
Uh, some of them are, are totally crazy. Yeah, yeah, there's an evil gene. Hitler had the evil gene. There will be some evil genes. And the guy who shot up those kindergarten kids probably had that evil gene. But but I'm sorry, the, the American educational system is shit. And the fact well, that, that you have the, the most important part of our society, the people 18 to uh, 30 who are uh, 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 burdened with student debt, obscene student debt, people who could cure cancer, young people who could cure cancer, young people who could write the next Beethoven symphony, young people who could make a movie that would make Star Wars look like a turd. They're waiting on tables, right? Yeah, because you, they have to pay for their education. You could have smart people, but no, you won't let them be smart because you charge an arm and a leg for them to get their hands on books. It's a, they're, they're paying off their loans. The, the loans. I mean, how protected is it that they can't, you know, you can't go bankrupt or, you know, have those defaulted on because this, it's like a private corporation rather than That's right. a, a public utility. Yes. And the, uh, the unions, you want to talk about unions, the New York uh, Teachers Union is a disgrace. They're, they're zookeepers. They're not, uh, the teachers are not the teachers. They don't, they have no interest in teaching, Right. That's why we have the charter schools, because the people are fed up, <laughs> right? The kids are, it's, it's, hey, class of Newcomb High was made in 1985, right? That's the New York, at least that's the educational system we have in New York. Maybe Cincinnati has a better one. I doubt it. Maybe if you're in a rich North Carolina neighborhood or a Beverly Hills High, you know, or, the, you know, Grossy Pointy in Detroit or, or Hamilton in Toronto, well, you guys have good education. You guys get it paid for. We don't. And the health care here, people, you, you look at people in, the, in this country, our country, they look like fucking uh, McCoy and, uh, you know, they look like they're, they're all hillbillies uh, ready to get, start shooting at each other with shotguns down and with, right? People have no teeth. And, and I'm not talking about West Virginia. I'm talking about New York City and California. They, you can't, they can't afford dental care. They how are you how are you going to pay five thousand dollars for a, a missing tooth to be planted implanted right yeah mm -hmm. it's a disgrace it's a fucking disgrace and it's it's the disgrace of my entire life we in this country have let the educational system collapse uh, unless you're rich you know unless you're rich and you can send your kids to private school and and send them on to some fancy uh, uh snotty school, college um, uh, otherwise, you're fucked. You got no chance, no chance. And then healthcare, and then just in case you might get through, and you don't have healthcare, right? What are you going to do when you get sick? Where do you go? You go to a. I, I just went to the ER room. I, uh, you know, I'm 72, and I had something with my eye, and it was on a. It was naturally on a Sunday or something, and I was leaving the next day for um, California, so I had to go down to uh, an ER room. I, I was there the whole day before anyone could see me. So that's the American system. I mean, I, I have insurance. <laughs> I have insurance. Imagine what the state would be. I mean, it's a mess. It's horrible. This has been, go, this has been going on so for 50 years Tom, at least. Was, uh, so he was your response to uh, seeing pollution or the lack of proper pollution care on the news like was there a and nothing to do with the news did... toxic avenger i i would go camping with my wife there would be shit everywhere you went no matter how far you went into the woods to go camping you would see mcdonald's uh, packaging which was not 
biodegradable at the time. Those beer, those the beer, things. the beer cans, those tabs you pull off the beer cans, right? The plastic that keeps the beer cans together. Those things are in the water. They're everywhere. We, I remember seeing a frog that had its leg wedged and it was dragging behind a, it was either, what was it, a styrofoam cup or one of those, I think it was, I, 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 it was dragging something behind, you know, it was pathetic. So that got me thinking about the environment uh, back in 1982. Uh, you, you, we had a guy named Al Gore, you know, remember him, this fat guy who ran for Yeah, the father of the internet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Long before he invented the internet uh, and, and stole the Nobel Peace Prize from uh, the scientists. He, uh, uh, I was into the environment before it became flavor of the day. Yeah, and if you look at Troma's mm-hmm. War, we were the first to uh, take AIDS and shove it in the people's faces because our our wonderful president, who everybody worships, including Obama, uh, Ronald Reagan, who was a big fan, he blacklisted people. He he named names in Washington when the big communists, the Red Scare, when they were harassing. Uh, uh, you know, when they were ruining people for supposedly being communists in Hollywood, Reagan was one of the ones to name names, to be a rat. And he uh, decided uh, to avoid AIDS and to suggest that uh, his gang suggested that AIDS was uh, punishment for the homos, right? That was punishment, yeah, God's punishment. Suppressed, he suppressed the breakout of the news so that people wouldn't know about it because he figured like, well, don't get in the way of God's work. Yes, that's right. And, uh, he's the freaking Antichrist. Uh, I agree with you. But meanwhile, he's uh, considered one of our great presidents. I don't know why. What did by he do? People, by people with mm-hmm. no morals, intelligence, or awareness of history. Well, I, t- I just told you the American educational system has uh, collapsed. Unless you're very rich. Well, look who's in charge. A lady that doesn't even know what education is or how to spell it. Yeah, you're right. That's very true. It's but, but remember, she's one of the best, yeah. the very best. Who is? For, Betsy DeVos. Oh, like she's oh the well, like, she, she's a rich person. She had a good education. Yeah, she's a rich white person, so yeah. obviously she's yeah. best. It's to, according, see, according to Fearless Leader. You guys know who she is. I guarantee you that 99% of the American public has no idea who is the Prime Minister of Canada. <laughs> guarantee well, you. We like to keep an eye on the threats. There are people who don't... I was just with somebody in California, a young woman... She never heard of Montgomery Clift, and she's uh, she wants to be an actor. Shit. <laughs> I mean, get woke. Come on, wake up. Yeah, exactly. Woke up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the point is, all the all the movies that I've been involved in creatively, if you don't mind my using that word, is uh, they all revolve around the, the fighting against the conspiracy of labor elite. Uh, bureaucratic elite, the elite, the uh, crooked uh, uh, elected officials, and the uh, and the legally crooked, they're legally crooked. They're allowed to be crooked by law, right? Uh, and and then and then the corporate elite, who we don't, have, you know, you all know what that is. And it's a revolving door in this country. The head of Exxon becomes Secretary of State. The the labor union guy becomes head of the EPA, right? The, 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 the guy who's, uh, you know what I mean? It's a, it's, it's a, it's the three elites, the power elite. The, and that's basically the theme of all trauma movies. And it's all, and uh, it, uh, the underdog is the one who has to save Tromaville. Sometimes it's the Toxic Avenger. Sometimes it's Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, who's 
the underdog who must save. Sometimes it's the, the trauma citizens themselves, like like trauma's war. They had to do it themselves. In the case of Return to Nukemai, Volume 1, and Return to Return to Nukemai, a.k.a. Volume 2, it's two lesbian lovers, uh, teenage lesbian lovers, who have to save Tromaville and basically the world. You know, underdogs, underdogs. Mm-hmm. But always Absolutely. there are political uh, and sociological, uh, which is, I think, why the Toronto International Film Festival is scared shit of, of uh, putting in anything that might possibly change the status quo. It's not just Toronto. It's yeah. can. It, and it didn't used to be like this. When I broke in, it wasn't like this. When I broke in, festivals were festive. They wanted the public to see shit-disturbing movies. They wanted the public to be provoked. Now it's all safe. So they want to keep their jobs because they're all they're overpaid. There are too many of these Sundance bureaucrats who go to Cannes on the business class. and they All they talk about is the fancy restaurants they eat at. I know. I hang around them. Because my wife, my wife was a New York State Film Commissioner, so she would get invited to all these uh, fancy events. Nobody cared about movies. It was all, the, what party are you going to? Did you get invited to this one? Uh, the restaurant, oh, I just ate at the blah, blah, blah restaurant at the Main Street. And, the, blah, 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 right? and, and Sundance, how about Sundance, right? Who did they worship, right? Harvey Weinstein. That was the god at Sundance. Everybody was... Everybody from Robert Redford down to the uh, down to the hookers. Everybody was worshiping the wonderful Harvey Weinstein, and that says it all. That's why Sundance is about as unindependent as it could possibly be. Just ask Trey Parker, the creator of of, of, of South. He and Matt Stone, the creators of South Park, they'll tell you what Sundance is all about. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Nobody nobody wants to take on anything serious. Everyone wants to be baby fed. That's you right. Said it. Maybe yeah, they, they, don't, they don't want a, a story that actually makes them question their complicity in the way things are. Well, the public wants to be provoked. The public loves trauma, when they, but nobody knows about it because the major media does not talk about trauma. Yeah, because people are, people are going to look well, at them and go, what the fuck have you been doing? We don't exist. We do not exist. They don't care that James Gunn, his movies are all heavily influenced by trauma or that South Park's... Uh, uh, is, is clearly cartoon versions of Troma's movies or Deadpool. The, the makers of Deadpool have cited uh, uh, Troma and Toxic Avengers. We're a huge influence on the countryside of, uh, of, of uh, movie mm-hmm. making and not just movie making. The Toxic Avengers, the only, ca- the only superhero that's a Broadway musical, that's a... Um, Nintendo uh, game. That's a that's a Nintendo. You're right. That's not not just Nintendo, but Sega and other companies. That's Marvel Comics. Yep. That's a, a 35 millimeter cartoon. Saturday Night cartoon. It's the only one. There's been no other superhero to have all those things. Well, a, 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 as a fan of all those things like South Park and uh, Deadpool and all that, I just want to thank you directly for your part in it because we're grateful. Well, you are very nice. You you're giving me. Uh, publicity thank you i appreciate it absolutely oh we're going to make it our personal mission on the graveyard <laughs> shift to uh make sure everyone knows about trauma and gets access to everything so all 12 of our fans are going to be watching your stuff <laughs> i guarantee well that uh, we could use 12 fans uh, trauma now go to trauma now and subscribe it's it's uh, the first month is free it's all premiere movies uh, except for the uh, movies that I curate that go in additional to the world premiere movies. And you'll see movies by the uh, James Gunns of the future, the, uh, 
you know, uh, the, 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 the Trey Parker and Matt Stones of the future, the young, new trauma mm -hmm. talent that is incubating in Tromaville. So uh, that will help us. That's the only way you can, that's our only hope, trauma now, because we're basically black, blacklisted everywhere else, economically blacklisted. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, we're going to make sure that uh, people know about it. Now, every time I watch... By the way, where, where are you located um, in Canada? I'm in... We're actually in two different locations. I'm in Toronto. Mike's in Ottawa. Well, we had a weekend at, in Toronto with uh, Return to Newcomb High Volume 1 and 2. It, it, and it, no advertising, right? No advertising. It was at the... Uh, what the fuck's it called? It was at a beautiful theater. You know, the plex, a, a multiplex. A very, very beautiful theater. What the hell? Where is it in Toronto? I can't remember. Uh, what the hell's the name of it? At any rate, uh, they didn't advertise. They had... It, it was so sold out, they had to add a show with no advertising. Mm -hmm. Yet no other theaters in Canada uh, that I know of have played the movie. Yeah. it's. Uh, I always found trauma movies were, were great when you've got a bunch of people. Like, watching them by yourself doesn't have the same effect as when you've got a huge group of people watching I, Well, hold it. I think that's um, true of, of every movie ever made, don't you think? But it's more true. so. Yeah, you're I right. guess so. It's more so with trauma because... We have so much detail. We have thousands of people in our movies. We and and there's a lot of detail in the backgrounds. They're little throwaways yeah. that you can't possibly notice on the small screens. And I just That's came. You need a friend. I just mm -hmm. came back to uh, to uh, from uh, Los Angeles, uh, where the movie played in a couple of theaters, uh, and uh, the audiences loved it. They loved it. They sold out, and they loved the movie. The audience didn't. I mean, the theaters sold out. You know, the seats were pretty full. And the audiences loved it. They got every joke. They had a blast. They had a good time. And they and the Q and A's, you know, we had Q and A after the for the opening night, and uh, we had two different theaters with Q and A, and uh, the uh, questions were intelligent, and they got a lot of the the, the humor that you get, uh, the political and sociological, uh, uh, you know, subtleties, and uh, uh, they had a, it was great. They really much better than uh, than on a small screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, last time I watched a trauma movie with a group of people, we were uh, talking about, oh my God, how much fun, how much we loved it, but how much fun it would be to uh, work in a trauma movie. And then I watched the documentaries, Poultry in Motion and Apoc uh, Apocalypse Soon. Well, thanks for what? Thanks for <laughs> totally watching. changed my mind on that. that those are free on there. Those are free also on trauma movies on YouTube. Those are part yep. of where the 400 free movies uh, are. Uh, yes, it's not fun. At least in my opinion, it's not fun. It's serious. It's making art. I don't, again, as I, I don't know that the making of art is necessarily. I don't know that Vincent Van Gogh had a lot of fun when he was when he was painting. Uh, Picasso. Well, it cost him. It Pic cost him an ear and a leg. Yeah, yeah. It cost him his life. I think uh, there's a uh, people think he was shot mm -hmm. that he didn't kill himself. That may well be true. I don't know. Where did he get the yeah. gun? Where did he, nobody. He never owned a gun. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, the process looked insane. It's uh, really a testament to you. So, did you have you ever, you know, been making a movie and just kind of got fed up with it? Like, thought that you know, this is it for me. I'm walking away from this. No, I love movies, uh, and um, and the kind of movies I want to make are very complicated and uh, very ambitious. Trent Hager uh, wrote. Uh, I interviewed him for produce your own damn movie. Uh, Trent Hager wrote the Citizen Toxie, and he has a wonderful film out now, distributed by the so-called Independent Film 
company, uh, IFC. Uh, it's called 68 Kill, mm -hmm. and it's got uh, Matthew Gray. It's got some uh, big TV stars. It's terrific. But he he reminded me in this interview I did with him for my book, Produce Your Own Damn Movie, that we had uh, an investor for Citizen Toxie uh, who was going to put up $2 million for Toxic Avenger Part 4 or Citizen Toxie. And the guy turned out to be full of shit. And uh, we wrote the <laughs> script. We, we wrote the script based on that guy's two million bucks. When he pulled out, we still made the exact same script for about six hundred dollars $700,000 U.S. So Trent always got a kick out of the fact that we we didn't change anything. We we made the exact same script. So our movies, wow. are not, it's not Beautiful. easy to make our movies. They're not, uh, you know, four women running through the woods and getting, a, you know, it's not like... Saw 42 or, uh, you know, that kind of, it's not torture <laughs> porn. No. The original, by the way, the original Saw was very good. It was terrific. <laughs> it was. I liked that one. Not so much, you know, Direct Party Eat or whatever like that. I lost interest. But that yeah, I agree. was great. It was wonderful. If you ever come to Ottawa to film a movie, I would be happy to walk out on one of your movies. Well, hold it. Uh, to walk out? What are you talking about? To, like if you were filming a movie and I was an extra. Oh, filming. I'm sorry. I got it. Uh, well, we, uh, I, I've uh, gone to Ottawa many times, not to film, but uh, the, uh, the, um, the, oh, fuck, Lee DeMars Theater. It's a landmark. Uh, what's your, uh, what's your main uh, Cinematheque theater there? Uh, uh, we have Cineplex Odeon. No, no, come on, come players. on, a real theater. Uh, it's independent. Uh, uh, we have the Bytown Cinema. You guys are useless. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lee DeMars, do you know him? He runs the uh, Canadian Film Institute or the Canadian Cinematheque. Uh, uh, maybe maybe I wasn't. What's the capital of... Uh, of the capital of Canada is Ottawa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. It's, it was built in the 30s. Uh, it's a single screen. It's beautiful old theater. and uh, they... I haven't been to every cinema in uh, Ottawa. We have... Uh... Something downtown that shows like old movies or foreign movies. Forget the name of it. It's on Rideau Street anyway. Well, if you don't know this theater, you, you maybe you are. The, uh, the Bytown. No, it's not the Bytown. Uh... No, it's not the Bytown. Oh, it's a, I, I'm, a, a, I'm quite amazed you don't know it, to be quite honest. I want to cut off the internet, to be honest. I, Hold I, on. I'm an, I'm an uncultured <laughs> Philistine. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a grouchy depressed manic depressive narcissist uh you I, I i i i you wouldn't be our first you'll i know you know this theater uh well we have the ottawa little theater no that's the community i want to say it begins song. with m the mayfair yeah that's it lee demars programs it uh he's a very talented dude who's made it i've been in some of his movies um, but he uh, he's had uh, several trauma retrospectives, so uh, it's great that you guys managed to go see uh, Star Wars 52 instead of coming to see uh, Return to Nukem High Volume 1 or any of that stuff. Which shows <laughs> well, <they're> you guys <laughs> are, are very dedicated trauma fans. Thank you so much. Well, they're going to be Have you seen any room? of them? Have you seen? Oh, of course they're going to show the room. And Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. He... he uh, he gets all his overhead from the room. Once a month, he gets his overhead. He, he breaks even on the on the theater because the room is in there. 
right? He shows the room once a month and uh, breaks it. That, that, that gets him right. to break even on his overhead. So you guys are basically full of shit. Have you seen any of our movies? <laughs> yes, I have. I've, I've watched all four Toxie movies in a row, and uh, and and I'm only barely able to speak in complete sentences. You don't even you didn't even know that Return to Newcom High Volume One and Volume Two played in Toronto. What kind of underground? Oh, I knew it. I just couldn't make it. Oh yeah, yeah. You just what was so important you couldn't make it? Working. What? Earning a living. Working. Working at, <laughs> at the level. five-hour drive from Toronto, so. Oh, well, that's fair enough. But although there were quite a number of people who, who were eight-hour drives, there was a guy who came in from Quebec uh, who was longer. There were people there who came eight hours to see the movie. You guys had to go to work? Couldn't see you? <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time. I'm just kidding. And I'm very... No I'm, I'm also very... I'd be disappointed if you did anything wrong. <laughs> I'm clearly, uh, as I mentioned, I'm a narcissist and I have an inferiority complex. Now, and, uh, you know, so. We already touched on this a little bit, Mike did at least. I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit how I became aware of trauma films. I had no idea about them until I discovered I know what you're going to say. Called... The first time you masturbated, the first time you whacked off, you whacked off at the, during the steam room scene in Toxic Avenger. Okay. It could have been. Yeah. I'm not going to say it is not. That's what it you were going to say. Been. I know that, right? <laughs> no, the first time I became aware of uh, trauma was uh, because of the Toxic Crusaders Nintendo game, actually. Oh, it's a, uh, it's, it's a tough... Actually, if I remember correctly, it was a difficult game, no? Wasn't that hard? Yeah, I saw it you was, on the, yeah. uh, the Angry Video Game Nerd. Yeah, well, you know, he's, he's a great guy, by the way. He's terrific. But um, uh, my recollection was back in the day that it w I couldn't do it. I tried. I couldn't get anywhere with it. I thought it was much <laughs> it too was hard, hard, too difficult. It was hard. Yeah, it was Nintendo much too games difficult. were brutal. They yeah. kind of hated. Yeah. They hated their customers. <laughs> yeah, I think. No, it I was know. like my yeah. cousin. That's the that's the first time I saw it. My cousin had it, and I played it. And he said, "Yeah," and it's based off a uh, a cartoon, yeah. which was by the same name, of course. Yeah, yeah, and. It was only after discovering the cartoon that, you know, somebody told me that, well, this is based on a movie, Toxic Avenger. <laughs> and, of course, I had to go to the video store, get it, and uh, it blew, I was 11 years old, and it just blew my mind. Yeah. And uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure that, you know, they probably shouldn't have been renting it to an 11-year-old. <laughs> uh, you're not alone. There are millions of people who have had the same, uh, whose grandmother brought it home and thinking it was the Toxic Avenger. Brought home the VHS of Toxic Avenger, thinking it was Toxic Crusader cartoons. <laughs> and and uh, you can't blame the grandmother because the the video VHS box it's got a cartoon Toxie on the cover. So that yeah. was out. And then the Toxic Crusaders are out. Well, how do you know which is which? Although it does say uh, this movie contains scenes of a gross and disgusting nature. And if you don't think so, you need a psychiatrist. So it said that on all the boxes, so I don't know what the problem is. Well, but what are well, you going to do? if you're renting it in the video stores, like Ren and Stimpy was also considered like a gross-out, but it was still kind of kid-appropriate. Yeah, yeah, but that was a cartoon. The Toxic Avenger movie itself is yeah. not... Uh... Oh, no. <laughs> so so how did that come about? Like A movie like Toxic, Toxic Avenger being you know translated into a kid's cartoon? Uh, I think it's just... Um... Uh, we got lucky. The uh, toy maker who made the Teenage Mutant Ninja toys thought that uh, they wanted to make an environmental toy, and uh, and which and they were the and they also were the ones to finance the cartoons, because the cartoons sell the toys. So um, 
uh, I think that they had not seen the movie. No. <laughs> the same so. thing happened with these uh, guys who are remaking the toxic, who say they're remaking the $100 million Toxic Avenger in Hollywood. They signed up, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, the, the governor, uh, you know, the muscle Schwarzenegger. Man. Schwarzenegger. And they announced it at Cannes Film Festival. They had it in the, it was the lead article in the uh, scummy variety and and shit, the Hollywood Reporter. And uh, about two weeks later, uh, Schwarzenegger unsigned. Uh, probably saw the movie. I would assume that's the only reason he unsigned. He didn't, you know. <laughs> He did do the. Oh, uh, he did so do a. Through. He got sixty million dollars for doing a remake of the Terminator. So maybe that had something to do with it. But whatever. He wasn't going <laughs> to play the Toxic Avenger. He was going to be Toxic Avenger's trainer, or something like. I don't oh, know. Wow. Something like that. I, <laughs> I, 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 I want to see Schwarzenegger wielding a mop. Uh, well, he shoved his mop in somebody's cunt because uh, he's got oh a God. he's got a kid who's out of wedlock with an ugly looking babysitter or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What a brute sow he hooked up with. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, sp- oh, wow. Speaking of brute sows, uh, you're probably going to ask me if there's anything I, I I, wouldn't. If Are there any lines that I wouldn't cross? Yes, I would not make a, 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 a biopic uh, glorifying uh, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I would draw the line, that kind of stuff. I wouldn't do anything... Uh, that I feel is uh, contrary to my philosophy. Uh, so, um, I guess I got to ask, exactly how much trouble does the MPAA give you with censorship when you're making one of your films? Or do they just see the trauma stamp and just go like, oh, fuck, let's just give them the default? Uh, well, first of all, the, the Motion Picture Association of America rating board is the, one of the reasons that we have no more independent movie studios because they would let Die Hard go through with an R rating, but Troma's War, they took out every bullet hit, every, they took out dead bodies, they took out maggots, they took out slapstick cartoon jokes with uh, people uh, getting punched in the face and spitting out chiclets. Uh, every, you know, chewing gum, little white chewing gums. I mean, every, I remember those. they totally destroyed the, uh, the movie. Whereas the, the Die Hard, they came out at the same time, that has serious violence, not the cartoon violence that Troma is famous for. So the MPAA had a double standard. If the movie came out of uh, one of the majors, uh, they'd go... And Trey Parker and Matt Stone have said this on camera when I interviewed them, that when they, when we were getting Cannibal the Musical rated, the the, uh, the, uh, the rating board totally fucked it up. And But then when they had to do South Park bigger and better... Uh, the MPAA, oh, how can we help you? Because that was paramount. How can we help you? They were literally saying that, right? They were helpful. They would wanted to be helpful. So they're yeah, a, a, they're a big yeah, reason. Something known. They're a big reason that uh, the, the MPAA, which is called Motion Picture Association of America, it's owned by the major studios. It's owned and operated by the major studios. It is not there to protect the public. It is there to protect to protect the, the cartel, the monopoly, the oligopoly, the elite. It is there to protect the elite from competition. It has nothing to do with protecting the public. It's bullshit. Maybe originally it did. It may have had some good intentions. 
but it devolved into basically a way to put the independent studios out of business. They weren't the only reason, but one of the main reasons that there are no independent movie studios in the United States other than Troma who have any longevity. Or maybe you just haven't learned how to work the shaft yet. Who knows? Uh, I know very well how to blow people. Believe me, I know. I nobody grovels better than me. I'm telling you the truth. There are no independent. Tell me a movie studio in America that exists that's independent. Give me one. I can't. No, like trauma is it. That's what I. <laughs> I mean, no joke. There, that when I started, uh, Mike and Sheldon. There were maybe 30 little studios like Troma, including Roger Corman, uh, American International Pictures, uh, Dimension. Uh, there were tons of little independent studios, and they're all gone, in large part because of the rating board. Who made mm -hmm. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? It was a ripoff of uh, uh, Troma, so it went away. Oh, so, oh, you could just see the, yeah. the, the DNA all over it. I still get credit for it to this day. I get credit for that, and... Uh, Another movie that had the big fat guy from Toxic Avenger. I can't remember what it is. But people think we made that. And that one also. Oh, Eat and that, Run? Huh? Are you talking about Eat and Run? Eat, eat and Run? Yeah, it was a movie about an alien that, eat, that ate Italian people. No, I don't know that one. I never heard of it. But there was one that was quite famous. And it was a total ripoff. Uh, I don't remember what it is. And the guy who directed it is a fuck. But uh, let's not talk about it. <laughs> Yeah. So we got. So uh, but, we, but we we get crap. People really think we made the rotten tomato. The uh, what was it called again? The uh, tomatoes. Attack, Attack of the Killer the tomatoes. tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. People think. Yeah. I, they, people think I made that movie. So uh, it wasn't bad. And uh, wasn't some George Clooney in number three or something? I, he was in one of them. Yeah. I think he was in the third one. <laughs> I think those movies are in. I believe. Somehow they were bought by Disney, and I think they're in somewhere buried in the Disney uh, area somewhere. I could be wrong. Oh, I just remembered uh, the guy that played uh, the alien in Eat and Run was uh, Robert Ryan. So, yeah, you know him. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mayor yeah, Bill Goody. Yeah, Pat Ryan, Pat Ryan. Robert Ryan was a, a, a wonderful actor that was in Sam... Mar Sam uh, Fuller's movies and other movies, Dirty Dozen type movies, and it was a, apparently a Nancy boy. So, uh, closeted, <laughs> closeted. Very good actor, you know, real one of my favorites. And in a lot of kind of film noir, uh, Bud Bedecker or Joseph H. Lewis or Sam Fuller, you know, he was in a lot, and he was in big movies, you know, big studio stuff too. He yeah, Invasion USA. I mean, come on, that's he was a, a big star. Movie. He was a big star, and. Uh, uh, our Ryan, uh, Pat Ryan, uh, was also a big star in a different way. Poundage. <laughs> wait, mm -hmm. wait. <laughs> and uh, Joe Fleischaker died. We've we've dedicated uh, Volume 2, Return to Return to Nukemai, a.k.a. Volume 2. We've dedicated the film to uh, Lemmy uh, from Motorhead and Joe Fleischaker, our 500-pound action hero, uh, mm -hmm. that this return to return to Nukemai, AK volume two is the last performance of both of them on screen. Right. Uh, well, Flyshaker had one of the, uh, had to be in my favorite death scenes from any trauma movie, which was in uh, Terra Firmer, the uh, escalator scene. 
Yeah, wasn't that great? That was great. That was fantastic. And, Absolutely. And, uh, love Lemmy, that. Lemmy's in that scene too. It, he is because he's doing the interview. The, he's the uh, the news reporter afterwards, right? Right. Uh, unfortunately, we had a huge fight on the set that day, so that's just we only got that one, uh, those two or three lines from him, and he stormed off the set. Uh, but I still, uh, you know, we made up later on. He's, he was great. He was the nicest guy in the world. But he took drugs and stuff, so uh, he would get uh, riled up. Uh, we were filming in a uh, the Fr Alliance Francaise, uh, kind of a French cultural center, uh, and it was about the only working escalator that people would permit to where we could in New York that we got for free. You know, we couldn't. We had no other place to film. So and Lemmy wanted to smoke. You know, that you're not allowed to smoke in places like uh, cultural centers. And he wanted the air conditioning on. And air conditioning is not really very good for the sound man. So uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> he got really pissed off and he stormed off the set. <laughs> and he, but we, we kept uh, the, uh, the uh, behind-the-scenes camera went with him, just kept following him wherever he went. So he, he's in the uh, making of uh, behind-the-scenes. Uh, he went to go, to go to a radio station and, uh, and he he was talking about trauma. I'm through with trauma. I've had too much trauma, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was traumatized. But then, but then we got together after that. He's in Citizen Toxies, and he's in all our movies after that. You know, he was the best. He was a really good guy. Absolutely. You know, I'm genuinely sad. In fact, I wore a Motorhead pin to the opening of uh, of uh, Return to Newcomb High. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, that's sad. And by the we, way, uh, if you could, do you guys play video games? We do. <laughs> On, only very often. Oh, well, you should get Victor Vren. V, Victor Vren. V as in Victor, R-A-N. Uh, it's a very, and I don't play video games, but I'm in it, and Lemmy is the main character, and I've been to, they, they, um, uh, they, 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 brought me to London to the big press conference and they had about a hundred uh, media guys playing the game and people loved it. You know, Lemmy was dead by then, of course. And I, uh, this is only about six months ago. So it's a fairly new game. You may want to uh, Google it and uh, check it out. It's the, the, I talked to a lot of the media people in London who were at this press event and it was a big deal. You know, they had food and booze and, they paid my way over. I think they paid me to, yeah, they paid me a fee to go there and help them. And I met uh, the guitarist, uh, uh, Phil Campbell, who's, uh, I had never met any of the other Motorhead people. And Phil Campbell is just as nice, just as crazy, and in a good way as Lemmy. Uh, uh, and uh, we had the best day. We spent the whole day together at this, uh, you know, press junket. And um, uh, the, the, the people who played the game, I would ask these young uh, game, I guess they write for gaming websites and stuff like that. Everybody loved the game. They were playing it because they loved playing it. There were about 50 stations where you could play it in this uh, big area. It was uh, where they had the party or the press junket. And they had two uh, waves of media. And I, I would ask as many as I could, how do you like it? Uh, they all loved it. And I think and that's the one by uh, Hannah Mount Games? Yes. Yes. Well, it, it's uh, out on PlayStation 4 with an Overkill edition. So 
I can promise you that I am definitely putting that on my list of things to get, and uh, we may even review it on the uh, or give a mention about it when we do. It's a very good, uh, I, I, you know, see what you think. I would love to know. Maybe you could drop me yeah. a line and tell me, you know, that it is indeed a good game. But uh, I don't think, I think, you know, these were young nerds who were playing it. I don't think they would have been polite. I think they would have said, eh, it's okay, you know. But they really liked <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, they were very enthusiastic. You know, they, they really loved it. I mean, they said they loved it. They used the word, I love it. You know, it's great. And uh, what was your part in it? Like, do you play a character? Or do you yes, do I, uh, I'm the, uh, I think I'm the guy who explains how to play the game. I'm the bartender. Oh, shit, you're the narrator? Yeah, I'm the bartender, whatever that. And I, uh, I explain uh, the game. And I improvised. Oh, I improvised a lot, and they left a lot of it in, which I thought was cool. You, I'm already so anticipating do... a Bruce Campbell, Spider-Man 2 level amount of entertainment oh no kidding is he yeah is is uh, i didn't even know that bruce campbell's in that one uh for the spider-man 2 video game he's the guy that gave a, a tutorial like when you're in your uh tutorial area like how to crawl walls spin webs uh swing through yeah that's sort of stuff. what i do yeah let me let me's guitar his guitar yeah. was the weapon and he starts eating a sandwich in the middle of it and he's like, you, you go swing through these webs for a bit. I'll be back. Oh, that's cool. And then, cool. like, you hear him, and then he comes back. All right, okay. you're depressing okay, me. Now you're stop. Well, Bruce Campbell is much better and funnier than I am, so stop telling me about how great Bruce Campbell is. <laughs> I feel terrible now. You've ruined my day. No. This interview was the best I ever had until you started talking. <laughs> but Phil Campbell, by the way, speaking of Campbell, uh, he's a great guy. I had never the guitarist for uh, Motorhead. What a nice guy. And we had so much fun together, uh, really uh, – you know, the first time he met me, the first time, first thing he says, you don't give a fuck about anything. I love you. <laughs> and we never met, right? <laughs> but I do give a fuck about things. I do. I told him I, I do give a fuck about things. And we have an hour of audio that proves it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are nice guys. So... We had uh, a lot of people ask this question, of course, like, you know, when are you going to be in Canada next? When are you going to be in the UK? All these conventions. But uh, what I've been telling everybody is, hey, go to Troma.com. There's a little section there called Where's Lloyd? And you can see what's coming up. That is correct, except that we're totally incompetent and it's never up to date. But uh, there's a Lloyd Kaufman. <laughs> okay, never mind. There is a, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a Lloyd Kaufman fan site, uh, LloydKaufman.com, which in addition to Troma, between the two websites, you probably get the correct information. Oh, okay, well, I'll have to add that to the notes to make sure people can find that. I know I'm going to be uh, at Brussels Festival of uh, Fantasy and uh, whatever it is. The biggest one in uh, the biggest genre festival in the world, I believe. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff because it's my 50th year. So, hey, Ka Kaz you know where Kazakhstan is? Do you ever hear of that country? It's a great country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have too much paid distribution there, but they're bringing me over there to do a retrospective. They want me to do a, a, a make-your-own-damn-movie masterclass and show movies. And uh, We have a huge following in Kazakhstan. We've never gotten one cent from Kazakhstan. <laughs> but the, what the hell? Right, so maybe you can change that. I'm going to go. It sounds like a lot of fun. Great. That sounds great. Like, you can just get a nice... Well, you got the African Warlord fans. Now you're going to get, like, the... Uh, like the Arab Emirates fans. Hey, I've, I've, I've done two tours in Russia, right? I've done two, 
two, uh, Moscow, St. Petersburg, Volgograd, which used to be Stalingrad. <laughs> you're going to be you're going to be fighting the uh, the uh, the return of the USSR by making sure all those countries are so corrupted. Russia won't want them back. <laughs> well, I can tell you one thing: we've never gotten any money out of uh, these countries, but yet uh, I'm, I can dine, dine out apparently on the fact that uh, Choma is famous in all these places thanks to bootlegging. <laughs> It's pathetic. <laughs> I, I told you I hate my, I hate my life. <laughs> uh, horrible, we, horrible career. If you want to make, if you if you want to be successful, you really have to get yourself in with the uh, a, a vassal of one of the major uh, conglomerates, or you know get get in with the uh, coterie the coterie of uh, people who the, give out the government money. There's no other way. No other way. The tastemakers. Well. Well, maybe you just answer. Well, the, the next taste question, no, cause... the taste followers. They don't make the taste. Right. They follow. They don't even know. They don't make the taste. We make the taste. Troma makes yeah. the taste, right? Look at Deadpool, right? Thirty years yeah. after the Toxic Avenger. Yep. We're the taste makers. Nobody, nobody supports the taste makers. Nobody supports uh, Van Gogh. Nobody supported Marcel Duchamp. Nobody supports Troma. If anything, they try to kill us. Oh, that's terrible. And maybe rightfully you so. You can't kill trauma. They, they may, Come on. They may have the right idea. Who knows? You can't kill what's already dead. <laughs> well, certainly my career is dead, and I'm dead inside. But thanks to you young, you young guys in Toronto and Ottawa, <laughs> I have new life. I've been regenerated. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's good. Glad we could help. So now you may have already answered this question with what we were just talking about, but somebody wanted to know, what advice would you give someone wanting to start a career in film? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, I think you come to the crossroads. If you want uh, 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 the money and the hookers and the cocaine and the, the Rolls Royces that you don't own and, and all that kind of stuff, and the red carpets, the wonderful red carpets with the obscene uh, women wearing black because they're so politically correct, if you want that world, if you want the Harvey Weinstein world, uh, you got to go work for uh, one of the big uh, conglomerates and and uh, work your way up the food chain. Uh, you've got to go to California, no other way. Uh, or, uh, or you got to get in with your French CNC or your Canadian whatever it is. And and uh, but uh, so you've got to make that decision. You either do that or you uh, you can make your own damn movie uh, like Troma does. Except you young people can make them for $5,000 because you know how to do it on video. And Uncle Lloydie was very lazy and drunk and never learned how to edit on video. So I have to rely on the young people like you guys to, uh, to, to edit my movies and do all And I don't know how to write music. You guys do probably. Uh, I can't even play a video game. I, I, I sing on my podcast, but I can't really say I'm good at it. <laughs> well, I bet you are. And uh, I bet you, you can do it and you've, so the point is, um, you, you, you can, as I said before, you can, you can be a serious filmmaker without uh, going into the mainstream. But if you like the mainstream and you want those prizes, uh, and there are great people in the mainstream. They've come, some of them have come out of trauma. Trey Parker and Matt Stone are the nicest people, the greatest people in the world. James Cunn is the best person in the world other than Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Eli Roth, <laughs> Eli Roth is the best person other than James Gunn. Uh, uh, now, uh, Trent Hager. 
they, they, they're, they're wonderful people. John Voigt, who I've not uh, uh, had the honor of working with, but we're buddies. Uh, and he's the most idealistic, decent person, uh, you know, trying to figure life out. Maybe he's wrong sometimes, but he's trying. He's a double Oscar winner, at least. Uh, wonderful guy. Uh, you know, lovely. Yeah, totally decent, idealistic, trying to figure it out. Uh, you know, there are good people in the mainstream, but most 99.9 are scum of the earth. It's you get John Voight in a in a in a trauma film. You have to introduce him by having him like being cut out of a python. I agree. Like, I agree. Like, like that's where the universes merge. He I was, survived uh, the anaconda. I've also uh, uh, filmed uh, Terry Jones from Monty Python. He's the best person in the world. Uh, uh, and and uh, in other words, there are people in the mainstream who are wonderful, but it's a tiny, tiny, tiny. At least based on my experience. Uh, my and and I think uh, the hashtag Me Too is proving that uh, it's a disgusting in, uh, industry. And, oh, the walls but, are coming down. But if you want uh, that sort of uh, positive reinforcement, this so-called Oscar, I, I I don't understand what the what the Oscar means because it has nothing to do with the best movie. But if you want that attention and that prestige and that money. You have to uh, go in with a vassal, uh, at the very least, partner with a vassal of one of the uh, major studios. Uh, if you want to do what I do and live in a refrigerator carton on uh, Route uh, 401 uh, and, uh, you know, have to go fight for bath salts with the other bums, uh, you're, you're going to, uh, you're, you know, you, you can make your own damn movies. And nowadays... You don't even need money. I mean, I I needed one hundred and fifty thousand dollars when we made uh, sugar cookies, right? That's uh, back in nineteen seventy, sixty nine, seventy. That's a shit. That's like a million dollars today, at least, right? That was mm -hmm. big money. You could make a yeah. movie. You could make a movie in today's do dollars for five thousand bucks, and it could be brilliant. In fact, your Canadians uh, did it. Uh, the the uh, Astron Six. They made a movie for us for under twenty five thousand, right? Yeah, and it made money. Lunch. It made money for them, and they used that money. They got two hundred and fifty or three hundred and fifty thousand from the Canadian government after they did our movie, because they had something real to show. And Father's Day is a terrific movie. It's a brilliant movie. Yeah, if it great. if it wasn't in the if the if Father's Day had been made for Lionsgate, it would be where Eli Roth is today. Well, if you ever want to come film in Canada, we'll welcome you. I'll gladly be an extra in your movie or, you know, I'll let you film in my backyard. Why I'll would my, I? I'll do my part. Tell me why would I go to Canada to film? What What would Canada do to, to help me film? What would they do? Nothing. Zero. <laughs> so why the fuck would I film in Canada? We made a movie. Hey, we made a movie in Canada. Did we get any kind of appreciation? Yeah, we brought money. It, Twenty, you know, maybe it was twenty-five or thirty thousand. Not a lot of money, but we made it. It was made in Winnipeg, right? Did we get anything from Canada? Did Canada do anything for us? I can't speak for the prairies. They're a bunch of farmers. <laughs> I'd love to make a movie in Canada, but uh, somebody has to come and put money up, right? We had, uh, we had, uh, uh, I had a Jane Austen script that James Gunn and I developed. And uh, I was going to get uh, half of the money was coming from Troma, and the other half was going to be coming from Wales in England, not from the mammals, but from the from where <laughs> Ter Terry Jones lives uh, has a place in Wales. 
uh, uh, and um, they, Wales uh, announced it at Cannes. They act, same thing. They had a big cocktail party at Cannes at which they announced they were going to be our partners, the, Yale, the Wales uh, Film uh, Commissioner, whatever it is. And then they disappeared. That was the end of that, even though they announced it. So uh, I, all, all you got to do is come up with half the money for uh, Toxic Avenger Part 5, and mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll go wherever it is, although I want to shoot at least some of it in Chernobyl. I've got, I've got a twenty. In, I've got a twenty in my wallet. If that helps. <laughs> well, you we'll, we'll work on that next... Patreon account that we have for the show and see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> That'll well, be one of our stretch goals. You know, I'll take the twenty bucks. We'll go get some drugs and uh, you know, shoot up somewhere. <laughs> we'll go into the bathroom of what's that theater in Ottawa that I the Mayfair. The, yeah, <laughs> we'll go in the Mayfair. Hey, the first time I went up there uh, uh, to uh, to um, uh, Lee Demars to uh, do a retrospective he took me to his house to his apartment and in the garage there were junkies shooting up and i did a behind the scenes for that weekend i shot behind the scenes and i shot i shot the junkies it's you can see it somewhere on trauma movies on youtube my weekend my weekend with the cinematheque up in uh, ottawa at the mayfair though i did the whole thing and in fact we made a uh, we also made a, uh, a one of those things turn off your cell phone I did a commercial for them uh, uh, up in uh, uh, Ottawa, where uh, we, you know, where you say don't smoke and don't use your cell phone, and and we shot it in the theater. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I think I think that uh, I can't remember. I think we I think some guy actually uses a cell phone, and I pull out a gun and I shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> I told you not to use your cell phone, you prick. Yeah, it was exactly yeah, and this was before we had the. Uh, the shooting at the theater in Colorado. You know, we had a we had a terrible uh, shooting in a movie theater in Colorado. Oh, I remember that guy, that Joker wannabe. But it was, but it wasn't. It was just a nut. It wasn't anything to do with the cell phones. It was, I don't know. Why. Yeah, that was during the. Uh... It wasn't my fault. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, speaking of the mainstream, and uh, well, I guess. Well, speaking of things that are horrifying. Yes. Uh, what would you say is your favorite film? Or movie monster outside of trauma? Oh, Frankenstein by uh, by by far because it it hit me when I was young and uh, and uh, I mean if you look at Toxic Avenger, it's heavily influenced by Frankenstein. I love James Wall uh, James Whale. Hey, we're talking about whales quite a bit now. And by the <laughs> way, my next movie, which is based on the Tempest, uh, has whales in it. So. Uh, uh, it's interesting that we're using the word whale, but James Whale was a fabulous uh, film director, and you know he did combine horror and comedy. There's quite a bit of comedy in uh, some of his movies, and um, uh, Frankenstein was, uh, you know, I always felt sorry for him. I wanted him to live, and uh, you know, and he loved the little girl with the flower and the, and the you know, at the, the old man, yeah, uh, you know, all that stuff. Uh, I mean, you felt bad when he was uh, when the villagers were going after him. So um, I'd say Frankenstein, without a doubt. Great. How about you guys? What do you guys like? Hmm. Oh, we, uh, we've we talked about a lot on the show. We're both big fans of Hammer Horror. Um, yes. I love the, the, especially the Hammer Dracula series. I love that. Uh, very man, good, very good. Horror, I agree with you. And uh, one of the scariest movies I have seen, at least at that age, when I was that age, was uh, Hammer's Hound of the Baskerville. I believe it was directed by Terence Fisher, 
Uh, I think it's around 1967 or 1968. It's a Sherlock Holmes movie, but it scared the shit out of me. It was very scary. Torture Garden by Freddie Francis. I think that may have been Hammer also. But you're right. They had some very great monsters. Yeah. Uh, when mm-hmm. you see Horrors of Dracula and you see like Dra- Christopher Lee looking all stately and, you know, like a friggin' model, like just like a really good looking dude. And then Harker uh, gets bitten by his girlfriend and Dracula comes in and you finally see like the monster everybody fears with that close up of the bloodshot eyes, the yeah. blood in his teeth. That introduced you to like, it's like horror without gore. It's just atmosphere, presentation and an excellent close up. It's it's they know how to make a movie. That's the thing that talent. There's a something called talent, talent yeah, class. And my my goal has never been really to scare people. It's more uh, to uh, make them laugh and uh, combine all the you know mix the genres together and uh, like a Cuisinart, uh, you know, try to give people something they've never seen before. If anything, yeah. our movies are disturbing. They're not. I don't think any of our movies are frightening. Yeah, if you have a nightmare about the Toxic Avenger, you need to lay off the salts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, his face is scary, but it's not the scary movie. The the monster in, uh, if you take these things out of sequence, the monster in uh, Return to Nukem High, if you just show some shots, yeah, it looks scary, and it's got crap in its mouth, you know, it's got people's flesh, and but you're not, you're, when you see the movie, the last thing is, I don't think you, I mean, maybe if you're, six years old or eight years old you might be scared but not uh you know nobody 16 or over is going to be scared by anything mm-hmm. that trauma has done yeah well that's one of the things we've learned about since we've been doing this podcast too is that horror can mean so many different things to so many different people correct you know some some people are all about the gore some people like these jump scares where something's popping out at them you know screaming uh some people are all about atmosphere so yeah, it's it, horror is probably one of the broadest topics you could ever bring up. Yes, it also rides the back of the bus, and how nice that Get Out is getting some great uh, positive reinforcement. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a, you know it got the it got an Oscar. I don't know that any horror film has ever gotten an Oscar, and that was a scary fucking movie. I'm sorry. It was. Yeah. Yeah, we had uh, we had a debate about that one on the show as well. Um, because we, I had to bring it up because we, a lot of people suggested it. And then we had people, you know, on our Twitter account, a lot of people suggested that we cover it on the show. Um, a lot of people responded to that tweet saying, oh, don't do that. It's not horror. And we actually put it in a, a Twitter poll. Like, do you consider yeah. Get Out to be horror or not? Yeah, like it's a show, it's a social horror. It's definitely horror. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a wonderful, I probably changed. I mean, again, I, I, uh, uh, Peel uh, is a trauma fan, without a doubt. He's he said it. Yeah, he, he said it. Yeah, and it, you know, a black screenwriter getting credit at the Oscars, which is fantastic. yeah, it's pretty cool, right? Fantoxic. It's very cool. It is, <laughs> it's fun toxic. But we um, need to start using that. But on the by show. the way, a big shout out to uh, our buddy uh, Guillermo del Toro, who is also a, 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 a big trauma fan, and I've met him a few times. And I met him back in the in the Chronos days, and he was uh, very in awe of uh, Toxic Avenger and class, you know the trauma world. He was a young, beautiful young boy back in the day of Chronos. I met him at a festival, and I've seen him since. Big trauma fan, but big shout out to Guillermo del Toro for his Oscar for um, Shape of Water and for coming out and supporting a very important uh, part of society, a very important underdog. The uh, people who indulge in uh, woman on fish sex, 
<laughs> uh, very under very underserved, right? Well, thank God we got the splash remake we wanted. You said it. Uh, uh, hashtag uh, Oscars so whitefish. <laughs> <laughs> too soon, I know. Too soon. Too soon. But uh, thank you for laughing. You guys are the nicest guys. You are so nice. Thank you. Well, thank you. Well, uh, I think we've exhausted just about everything, unless uh, you have something else to ask. I got uh, one more question. Sure. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, I've, <laughs> you asked me the question about advice. I think I think uh, uh, in, in in large part, to thine own self be true. Right. Uh, absolutely. A, a phrase coined by one William Shakespeare, who uh, who uh, wrote that best-selling book, a hundred and one money-making screenplay ideas, otherwise known as Hamlet. <laughs> so I say to thine own do do what's in your heart and in your soul. I, I you know I I have plenty of regrets. <laughs> you know I'm not Edith Piaf. Je ne regrette rien. I have lots of regrets, but. Uh, you know, I got in fifty years of being able to make movies. I mean, how? What more could I want? Yeah, I got a wife and a kid and all that, but I've got three <laughs> kids, three kids and grandchildren. But uh, you know, and I've been lucky there too. I've stayed with the same wife. I've had the same partner for forty-four years. I mean, uh, you know, I I shouldn't be complaining. You know, I shouldn't be manic depressive, but uh, I'm still bitter. <laughs> I couldn't be more bitter. Here we are. <laughs> but I'm lucky. And, you know, my intellectual side says, I'm luck. how lucky am I, fucking I? Right? I've had, nobody's told me what to do for, for all this time, pretty much, and uh, other than my wife, and uh, uh, who still tells me what to do. And now she's retired. She's, been produ she's one of the producers on Return to Nukem High, Volume 1, and Return to Nukem High, uh, Volume 2. Uh, Return to Return to Nukem High, a.k.a. Volume 2. And she's going to be producing... Uh, our version of the Tempest, uh, Shakespeare's Shitstorm, which does have whales in it. Uh, so um, uh, there you go. So I've been I've been quite fortunate, no question about it. And I should I should fall on my knees and praise God, but luckily God doesn't exist, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> what kind of God permits eight hundred thousand Rohingyas to be forced to live in an elephant preserve and have their babies fucked by? by uh, people from Myanmar. What kind of fucking God permits permits uh, starvation, permits uh, uh, what's going on with the t uh, genocide in Tibet uh, and the Uyghurs in China, Muslims in China, right? Muslims being exterminated in China, uh, Chechens being massacred by Russians. I mean, what, what kind of fucking God is that? Sorry. Yeah. What no, kind of God it, lets me be a bourgeois in America? Right, to buy only just by by winning the lottery of being born here. That that's not a god. I'm sorry. I, I'll take mm -hmm. the Indian gods anyway. And I'm talking about the Cherokee Indians. There's another podcast called The Graveyard Shift, which is which is strangely enough an evangelical podcast. So I would just love for people to be looking for that show and finding this episode. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, you had yeah. another question. Uh, what's up? Well, just one last thing you want to say, because this, uh, you talked about, you know, if we can raise the funds to get you to come here film in Canada. Um, a friend of ours, Eric Hyde, who does a movie review YouTube channel called uh, Hey Internet Eric here. And uh, seeing as we're in Toronto, you know, we are 100% behind this. Uh, we're in Canada, I should say. We're 100% behind this. Uh, it has a graveyard shift seals, seal of approval. Here's an idea for a trauma film. Sergeant Kabuki Man's uh, sequel, where he moves to Canada and becomes a Mountie. 
Well, uh, there's all sorts of ideas. Uh, write a script. Now, you know, oddly enough, I did I say this today? I've been interviewed a couple of times today. But uh, to, just today alone, I got a script from England. Uh, a, 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 um, you know, a guy just wrote an entire script about uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man. It's, and I've gotten about six of them. People love Kabuki Man. It's weird. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm just, I just, uh, and if somebody wants to come up with half the money, I could probably scrape the other half up. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, there's no, uh, you know, the ideas are hilarious, but uh, it's a waste of time unless you uh, write a really great script and have, or at least have half the money to bring back some we'll, Kabuki Man. We'll get Eric to start the script and we'll start that Patreon goal. Mountie Kabuki Man. <laughs> the problem is we made a movie in Israel, right? My people, right? I'm a dirty Jew. We made, an, we made a movie in Israel in 1970. All we had to do was bring the, bring the money, right? We bring the money. They're going to provide all the services. We're going to blah, 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 right? Uh, all, all they did was to have their hands in, in our pockets, and they fucked up the movie, too. So uh, unless the other people put up hard cash, like Wales was going to do with... Uh, the Revenge of Jane Austen, schlock and schlockability, uh, or, or um, you know, unless the the other country provides half the cash, and I don't mean no fucking laboratories like Greenberg and, uh, you know, what he did to Oliver Stone on seizure. I, I, no, if it's half the cash, if, it's, if somebody puts up $400,000, we will put up $400,000, we will go to Chernobyl, we'll film in Canada, whatever you want. Excellent. <laughs> That sounds good. No, seriously, that's well, <laughs> there's a the goal, Mike. I, I think, you heard him, Eric. I think it's fair. You know, I mean, uh, otherwise, why would I want to go all the way to another place when I can stay in the area that I sort of know? And my wife used to be the film commissioner for 20 years. She was the New York State film commissioner, and she uh, she put she created the uh, tax incentive that is sort of inspired by Toronto. You know. It's before you were born, but Toronto was uh, taking away all the business from New York. <clears throat> and my wife got the governor. To, she got somehow got uh, the governor that she supported actually won. He was never expected to win. And he appointed her film commissioner in spite of uh, <laughs> trauma. And uh, she created the incentive. And uh, so, you know, we, we really, uh, you know, I, we kind of know the territory here. But again, if somebody would put up half the money, we, I would love to shoot in Albania or Kazakhstan or, or Canada or one of the other undeveloped countries. Canada. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Canada is a great country, and I love Canada. Canada. Canada is the best, and I would live in Canada. We should live in Canada, no question about it, because we've totally fucked up, uh, you know, this part of the world. Canada is the where the I I I honestly believe, and I think. Uh, one of my daughters, who's an, who uh, is an expert on environmental, uh, she worked in Washington uh, in the environmental area for Senator Al Franken, and uh, she says you should move to Canada, that we should move north to Canada. And global I warming, I... global warming too. New York's going to be, we're going to be underwater, although I'll be dead. <laughs> But uh, we're going to be underwater, right? You guys have got it right. You, you're hey, doing the right. We and, welcome and, you. I'd, I'd clean up my basement. <laughs> I'll put you up. Well, get ready, buddy. Get ready. <laughs> Uncle Lloydie may need shelter. Especially, <laughs> especially, although after this interview, I don't think any Canadians are going to want me. 
Oh, you'd be surprised. There's at least two. <laughs> you guys are nice guys, and thank you. It was a, well, you had good questions, you. and you, you, you. I think the, I think uh, you know. I wouldn't be staying on this. I told Hayden twenty minutes. My assistant. Huh. I said I'd do it twenty minutes. So you guys got me going. And, wow. And thank we are you. ever so grateful. Well, I'm for you. Again, Troma, Michael Hurst, and I, and the Toxic Avenger are very grateful to the Graveyard Shift, and uh, thank you, Sheldon and Mike. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lloyd. Uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. Please keep those trauma films coming. And we are going to add the links to trauma.com and the YouTube channel. and Trauma, uh, trauma now. Trauma now. Trauma now. That's, trauma now. That's our only hope is trauma now, the subscription <laughs> service. We'll no joke. Sure. You, you get it on Vimeo or something. It's on uh, VHX platform and Roku. and But uh, we don't even have money to make an app. So, uh, you know, we're, we're fucking uh, busted. You know, we're fucked. Well, we can't let that happen. You know, we'll make sure that the links are in the show notes so everyone can get easy access. Yes, guys, check out Troma.now. It is fantastic. First month is Thank free. You. I think it's only four ninety nine per month after that. That's right. Get access thank to you. everything Troma there. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, again, I answer all my own Twitter. I do all that myself. So if any of your fans want to talk to me, uh, they can get me on Twitter. I do. I, I'm quite uh, – and if, if by chance I don't answer – Go again because sometimes I miss stuff because I get a lot of uh, fan stuff. But I do, Great. I do commu- I, everything. I, anyone who talks to me on Twitter, I answer back. That's awesome. Well, you're awesome, and thank you again. Uh, I'm going to sign off, I guess, because my probably. Oh, my wife is going to kill me. my wife is going to. It's eight thirty-six at night. <laughs> oh shit, she's going to kill me. Alrighty, now if, if if you ever come to, if you're ever in New York, uh, come visit, come visit Tromaville. You you may find we certainly yourself. Certainly will. Yeah, right, we will. Planning on it this summer, actually. So, <laughs> well, come. Vi- well, we're going to be making the movie. So come uh, be in it. Uh, Shakespeare's Shitstorm. Uh, yeah, based when on are you going to be starting? When are you going to be filming? Uh, this summer, hopefully, middle of July. Uh, Ooh, I can write that down. We're in. Uh, we're just starting to cast now. Obviously, awesome. obviously, you are not. You're not on my Twitter or, or any of that stuff. If you're interested, you should follow me on Twitter because that's where the news, we put our casting notices there. Well, the Troma website has it and Troma's Facebook and my Facebook. They all have the casting notices. Mm-hmm. All right. All righty. Done. And well, next time you're in Toronto, I'll make sure that I'll skip work so I can... Uh, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I, was just, you. I was just giving you a hard time. I'll give you a personal, we'll have a personal screening and I will uh, uh, give you a uh, commentary while the movie's going your own personal commentary so uh, don't worry don't don't get fired because of me (laughs) well thank you again i'm going to jump off okay all right you have a good night thanks thanks lloyd thank you very much bye 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 boy that was such fun wasn't it (laughs) it was good man it was so entertaining and uh, he apologized for insulting us and i'm like no like that's (laughs) i would be disappointed if you didn't i was waiting for that that's Oh man! Like, and to think, like, he only got twenty minutes. Boom! Gave us an hour and a half just because he liked us. That was yeah. such. That was as big a compliment as any sarcastic remark or, or anything. But yeah, that you know, was, that was uh, just that was. We're so darn happy and proud of ourselves and grateful and. Uh, yeah, next time he's in Toronto, I definitely got to. Uh, I definitely got to make the effort to go uh, go see him and have a chat, and. Uh, Let's we'll see if we can make it to New York sometime and get a tour of Troma, Tromaville, Troma Studios. Like that's uh, that'd be fucking awesome. Be like something in the background holding up a sign saying "Graveyard Shift."
Yep. <laughs> Let's make it happen. And guys, like I said, like please go check out uh, Troma.com. Uh, there's so much stuff on there. There's merchandise you can buy, all kinds of Troma stuff. Uh, you can From Troma.com, you can subscribe to Troma Now, the uh, Troma uh, streaming service. And uh, check out the YouTube channel uh, where you can find like just about your entire catalog for free. Like that's these guys are that awesome. They put like just about oh, there's over four there's over four hundred videos. Like they've got so many movies and then short films, uh, interviews, all kinds of stuff there. Check it out. It is just pure entertainment. It's great. And uh, just go with their uh, subscribe to your YouTube channel. That goes a long way to help them. And uh, you know if you wanted to. Uh, Speaking of helping people, you can help us out. Go uh, to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash graveyard. Follow us there. You can follow us on Twitter at gys underscore horrorpod. Dot, uh, sorry, gys underscore horrorpod. Um, you can email us if you have a movie suggestion, something you want us to cover on the show. Just email to graveyardshiftpod at gmail.com. And if you're feeling particularly particularly generous you can help us out by going to www.patreon.com graveyard where you can help uh, support the show with your cash just a dollar a month helps out the show's production costs greatly plus it gives you access to some exclusive patreon bonus episodes that only our patreon donors can get access to so check that out i think you'll enjoy it and if you can't afford to do that we totally understand maybe because you just you know gave the last of your hard-earned money for to your uh, Trauma Now subscription. You can still help us out a ton by going on to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, however you find our podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, in the long run, that actually goes the furthest to help us out. And if nothing else, share us on social media or by word of mouth. If you know somebody that uh, would enjoy listening to us talk about horror movies, then let them know about us. We uh, really do appreciate it. And Mike, if people want to hear more from you, how could they go about doing that? Well, you can check out the Playing With Power podcast, an immature retrospective on Nintendo Power magazine. Not to be confused with the actual Nintendo Power podcast, which will probably drop the hammer on us when they find out we exist. So <laughs> spread it word, but still keep it to yourself. If you can manage that. And you can also check out uh, Geek Fallout Productions, where uh, me and Rich Reader have taken over and are making and are airing all the old episodes of Technobabble, my very first podcast. And when the uh, the archive has been exhausted, it's only 17 episodes, so it won't be long. We will be airing new episodes where we talk about science, technology, amazing breakthroughs, good news, bad news. Just like current events in the world of innovation and devices and science while maintaining, well, my flavor of idiocy. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, check them out and uh, I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. And uh, guys, thanks again for joining us. Really hope you enjoyed our conversation with Lloyd. And like I said, don't forget to check out all those uh, trauma shows. Please help us, let us, uh, please help us keep trauma alive. It is very important. We want to keep independent film going. And next time we're going to be back with another movie breakdown, uh, one that one of you guys suggests. So until then, I'm Sheldon. And I'm Mike. And thank you for joining us on The Graveyard Shift.
And just like Ron Jeremy said, I make no apologies for the length you are about to receive.